salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone. First to the Jew, but also to the Greek. For in it, the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. For God's wrath, though, is revealed from heaven against godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what, now pay attention right here, this is cool. Since what can be known of God is evident among all of them because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, that is, His eternal power and His divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world. And being without understanding is because everything can be understood through what He has made. And as a result, people are without excuse. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is revealed to everyone through what God has created and what is natural in His world. He put through the fibers of everything His gospel and who He is. His fibers, it says. His invisible character traits. God made it the ability to discover Him through what is out there and what he created. His eternal nature, his power, his essence is brought conscious to every soul. His character has designed it that way that every person who reaches the capability to think rationally and to discover it will have that opportunity to do it. To understand that there is a divine creator that is out there and who is calling to their heart. You can understand and come to the knowledge and who He is through what He has made, this scripture says. And He designed it that way. He gave His evangelistic effort in it because He does not want any soul to perish. And so He makes it evident. Verse 20 states that people, wherever they are, there is no excuse for not knowing God because He will make it evident to them. You can understand that. Those who do not know God... Those areas of the world that seem to be secluded and in the dark, it is because, as verse 18 says, they did so voluntarily because they wanted to suppress the knowledge of the truth and they reject it. And most of the folks there still continue to do that willingly. That's what happened in all of these different areas. They've rejected the God who created them through what the way He is reaching out to them. Look at verse 21 there as it continues the description of this. For though they knew God. So see, everyone comes to a God consciousness. Though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. That's why we need to pray for these folks. Because those who are in darkness really don't understand what they're missing out on unless those of us who understand it can also validate what God has shown them. And those prayers will work. 
But they have chosen right now to remain the way that they are. Choosing to be wise in their own eyes, they become fools. And the phrase, there was darkened, that their minds are darkened, is in a passive voice. And what that means is, is that it's given over to them by your choice. God had continually tried to show, and by your choice, you continue to reject. And when you continue to reject time after time, the message of God that he has, soon he gives you on over to what your desire is. You remember Pharaoh and Moses, how he gave Pharaoh on over to the hardness of his heart, even though time after time they tried to prick his heart with the truth. So there is... No geographical location or language barrier that can keep a person from knowing Jesus Christ. It has to be because they choose not to do so. And God has now left them in darkness until they choose something different. God can and He will bring anyone that is in darkness who develops positive signals towards Him from everything that God gives Him to do and has designed it as such... God will bring them the gospel message some way, somehow. When I worshipped in Bloomington before I came here, about five years ago, this picture was snapped. I worshipped there and we had a program that was called Friends Speak. It was right next to Indiana University. Friends Speak is a great evangelistic tool because working in uh, several of the members worked at IU. And had permission to post in there that we could help all of these students coming in from other, around the world, every country. We can help them speak English better and and know it in society and communicate. And those who want to do it, it's free of charge. And then they paired us up as tutors with them. But the catch was how we taught them to speak English better and to converse was reading the easy to read versions of the gospel. We had Luke and John that we went through and started them out with and had questions about it and they could learn different words from there and and we spoke about it and everything. Well, the, the Lord was gracious in that he paired me up with the young man that you see there. He's from China. Um, he's a master's degree student in computers and we got to talking and his name was Jing Huang Guan. And I said, can I call you Guan? And he said, yeah. And then a little bit later, we changed it to Ricky G. And I I said, you know, the folks that I know up at work and stuff, they put kind of like an American name to their other name so that they, they feel like they're recognized better. And he liked that, and he uses that to this day. So Ricky G and I, we began to talk. And as we talk and we studied the the Gospel of Luke together, all of a sudden he started getting it of what this was about. And he started to confide in me. And he said, Daryl, in China, our country does not promote and really allow the knowledge of God and religion publicly. We kind of do it suppressed I wanted to learn about God. I sent off for different books to learn to see if God is real, if He is there, and how I can know about Him. 
And every order that I placed was nixed because the Chinese government goes through every file that people are sending and they stop shipments from coming in like that. He said, I felt like I would be denied the opportunity of ever getting to know if there was a God or not. Well, I'd learned about this doctrine of heathenism that they call it in the, in the religious world of those who are without Christ and how that God has put within His creation everything that we need to know to start to bring you to that God consciousness. And I want you to know that it is the responsibility of God Almighty to find those who have a positive attitude and get the gospel to them. God will find a way to get it when there is a positive attitude taken towards His Word. And... One of the word, the scriptures that we talked about was Luke 19.10 where Jesus told them, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He seeks to save that which was lost. And I said, Ricky, do you realize the power of the God that we serve? He said, what do you mean? And I said, think about this. Did you not just tell me that you sat over there and you came to God consciousness, you wanted to learn, but they would not allow you to bring a book in from America to learn about it? And he said, yeah. Think about this. When was that? He said, it was just a couple of months before I filed to come over here. Do you realize, I'm getting a cold chill. Do you realize... That God, on the moment of your God consciousness, and they rejected you from getting the word to you, brought you to the word. You are 7,000 miles away from home. They signed the papers for you to leave the country that you were in and go to the country that they wouldn't even let a book come from. How many colleges did you have rights to go to that accepted you? Oh, there was 10 or 12, California, Texas, Louisiana, and he was naming off all these big major schools. Why in the world did you come to Bloomington, Indiana in the middle of a cornfield where there's nothing to study at IU? Why did you choose IU? Something moved me when all of these things were happening that, yeah, it might be more exciting in California... But I was also afraid of what might happen because I've never been to America and you read about a lot of things that happen and I thought this would be a safe place to come and study and to learn to have a future. Do you realize that God brought you to the, probably the only school that offers English through the gospel, so that you with a positive volition towards Christ could come and learn and make that decision for yourself? If that does not floor you, I don't know what does. Because our God allowed the government that doesn't want Christianity exposed to these folks to come over here and learn about Jesus Christ. And we've taught a lot of them from there. And that's powerful. But the story doesn't end. We talked for a long time. We're going to talk more about that next week. Because 
China believes in the reincarnation. And I'm going to share some of that with you of his story later. But for now, I want you to see that the power that brought Ricky G to America is the same power that was working throughout the entire time of the Bible. So if you would, turn your Bibles to Acts 16. And in Acts chapter 16, I want you to see this same story, but going through a different way. It's going through the Apostle Paul and Silas, all right? In Acts chapter 16, Paul was wanting to preach the gospel. They're saying that this is starting his second missionary journey. And he wants to go to Asia. And it says, the Holy Spirit forbade him to go to Asia. Have you ever heard that the Spirit of God would prevent you from teaching the gospel? The Holy Spirit forbade him to go to Asia. Why? They weren't ready. They weren't ready to accept it. So I'm not going to waste your energies there. They have chosen to reject so far. So then he's sitting around, well, where should I go? He chooses Bithynia. Maybe that's the place for me to go. That sounds like a good place. I've heard that there's some people there. I want to go to Bithynia. You know what it says? This version says that the Spirit forbade him. And other versions say the Spirit of Jesus forbade him to go. Two times he's wanting to go somewhere and preach the gospel of Christ. And he is denied by the Spirit of God. But then it says... Look what it says in verse 7. The Spirit of God did not allow them to go there, so he bypassed Mysia and came to Troas. And during the night, a vision appeared to Paul. And there was a Macedonian man who was standing there and began pleading with him. Cross over to Macedonia, Paul, and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, it says... We immediately made the efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to evangelize them. Do you see how God works to those that are having a positive and a negative choice towards Him and how the gospel begins to get there? Paul sees a vision. I've been forbidden to go to these two places and I am told I need to go to Macedonia. Evidently, that's where the gospel needs to go. And so I am going to go that way. And there's a man pleading, help us. So it says he made his way to Philippi, the leading city of Macedonia. It's a Roman city. And you know who he finds in Philippi right off? Lydia of Thyatira. She happens to be there, a seller of purple, probably on business. And he baptizes her and her family. And she receives the word of God and says, stay with me while you're here evangelizing this area. And then, there's a crazy story that happens next. If you read it this week as your uh, evangelistic chapter that we have as a Berean chapter, read Acts 16, the whole thing, because there's a crazy story that happens next. There's a little girl. It says young lady. I don't know how old she was. She had two men who owned her, and she was their slave. And she was possessed with an evil spirit so that she could tell fortunes and had made them a lot of money because she was good at it and they knew that these spirits were giving her these things and that she knew what she was talking about. 
the light needs to shine there so brightly, you know what happens? This young lady begins to follow Paul around and say, These men, that guy is the disciple of Jesus Christ sent here to tell you the truth. God uses a demon to proclaim that these men are of God and are telling you the truth and the way of salvation. Can you imagine that? She begins following him every day saying the same thing. These are the men of God teaching truth on how you can be saved. Paul gets angry after a while. He gets a little miffed from her following and doing that. I guess being a preacher, he wants the stage. So he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And immediately it says, the evil spirit left her. But then those two men, why? it broke their heart. It made them angry because their money tree just got chopped down. She had made them a lot of money, and now that was gone, and it's like, I ain't going to work. (laughs) You know, we've been having it easy here. And it says that they got mad, and they seized Paul and Silas and took them to the chief magistrates and told them that these men are turning everything upside down here and causing all kinds of ruckus, and they are telling us to do things that Roman citizens shouldn't do. Well, all they did was took their word for it. And the chief magistrates, and the men I'm going to call them the chiefs of darkness, trying to suppress the truth, these chiefs of darkness, it says, the mob starts shouting, they grab Paul and Silas, it says they strip them of their clothes. They beat them with rods. And then they make them walk to the jail. And they tell the Philippian jailer, Take these men, top priority, do not let them go. So, with that being said, and he understood the ramifications of this, it says he took them not only to prison, but he took them into the inner dungeon part of the prison where the darkness is. And he put their feet in stocks and he shut them up in the darkness. Do you know what happened in the darkness? The light started to shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And tears rolled down my face this week. I'm not going to to lie to you. Because I was so overwhelmed. I think my problems are bad. I think I got it rough and I've been persecuted and I've I've not been taken, seized hostage in front of a mob and stripped and beaten with rods and marched to jail and put in the darkness in the inner cell. I don't know if I would be the one to have my light shining at midnight. It says that they're singing and praying to God. And that's some powerful faith right there, folks. That's some powerful faith. Probably been easier to shut up and try to get out of there. They are in there for preaching the gospel of Christ and tossing out a demon. And this jailer knows it. 
And he's got them locked up tight. But he's fallen asleep. And it's midnight. And it says that this little light was shining and it started shining on some others because the scripture says that, I think it's verse 26 up there if I'm not mistaken, that there was all of these hymns that they're singing. Verse 25, the prisoners heard what they're saying. The prisoners started to see a light in the center of darkness, in a prison in the dark area of Philippi. But there's been some positive signals, haven't there? There was a man from Macedonia who said, Come help us. I am ready to receive the gospel. And it says that because of their faith and their continued perseverance in Christ, even though they had been beaten and scourged and falsely accused, they're singing praises and they're praying. And the people inside are wondering, how can they do this? And about that time to validate what they're doing, it says that the Spirit of God comes and an earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, shook the doors open, shook the chains off of everyone in there, opened the stocks on the legs of Paul and Silas. The jailer wakes up through all of that shaking And I'm thinking of the scripture. You shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He just opened up everything. And now the jailer comes in. And it's dark. And the jailer comes in. And he sees every door open. And he's in darkness. And he thinks they've all left. And it's a capital offense to be sleeping on the job as a prison warden. And he figured that he was going to get court-martialed, probably maybe even sentenced to die. And so it says that he took his sword out. And he was willing to end it all and not have to face all of that. And I'm thinking, here's a guy who's screaming for help. He's probably got it rough like you and I. Life's probably dealing some things to him. He's probably just saying, you know what? I ain't got that much to look forward to anyway. Look at what all I got. Instead of going through all this, I'm just going to grab my sword. But you know what? That little light begins to shine again from Paul. And it says that he cries out. Stop! Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. This next sentence tore me up you know what the jailer said you know what he called for light do you see a thread running through everything light bring me a light i want to see i want to see what's going on they brought him a light and he saw that it was just as paul said they were all sitting there you know what that light caused him to do get down on his knees and fall before Paul and Silas. And he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved and have the light that you've got in your life and to be like you? What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas looked at him and said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And it says at that very moment, you know what that jailer did? 
the exact opposite of what the chieftains of darkness had tried to do in suppressing the truth and putting it in the center of the prison, he leads them out of the prison and takes them to his house because the Spirit had also revealed to Paul, saying, you and your entire household can be saved. And so he takes them out of the prison and out of the darkness and takes them to his own house. And it says there, that Paul and Silas gave the gospel of Jesus Christ to him and his household more fully. And it says, that very hour of the night that they washed Paul and Silas' stripes and his wounds, and he and his entire household were baptized into Christ. Amen. And I was thinking as I wrote that and read that scripture, He was wounded for our transgressions, wasn't he? They were wounded. Did you think about in the ministry of taking the word to people that maybe sometimes you are at where you are in life because God needs you to be right there to share something with someone else? I'm sure that Paul didn't imagine that the place he was going to be sharing Christ was was from being beaten almost to death with rods in the center of a prison of darkness in Philippi. We got it easy, folks. God sometimes places you where He needs you to be because there's a man in a vision saying, come to Macedonia and help us. And I think that man just walked him to his house to hear the gospel so that he and his family could be saved. Now, I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. We went a long way there. That night, right away it says, they were baptized into Christ upon hearing the gospel more fully. And they went rejoicing and made a meal and it says that they rejoiced and were happy. A man who was sorrowful, a man who was just about ready to say life is not worth living, got the light of Jesus revealed to his life and he accepted it and immediately they were rejoicing and they were sharing a meal. So as our worship team comes on back up, D.L. Moody was quoted as saying, A man who has found his true work, winning souls to Christ, and does it, is the happiest man. By chance, as I was making slides for today, I come across this quote, because I was looking on things for soul winning. I tried to save it like I do to my photograph picture thing, so that then I can slide it over to my slides. Somehow the cursor slipped down and it put it as the backdrop on my computer screen. I'm like, that has never happened before. (laughs) Maybe he's trying to give me a message. Two days later, this is what he gave me, and it is nothing of what I studied for this week, I'll tell you. Nothing in here was what I studied for. It came down. It meant something. Next thing I know, it's there, and I wrote this. And it all began with a jailer, a faint light, a voice crying out saying, come and help us. 
And just like the blind man that we talked about last week that was over there and Jesus saw a soul for whom he had died and took the time to share with him, this man now is seeing the light too. Even though it started out so faint, pretty soon he was calling for more light. And then he was calling for him to go to my house and share it with my family. How about us? You see, the whole thing about this as we started was is how God works in the lives of people. He might not lead us to areas who are not ready for it because there's other areas that are ready for it. But be it known this, that our God reveals himself to every individual. And when they come to God consciousness, he provides the gospel to them. Whether like Paul, I've got to forbid you from going here and closing all these doors so I can send you where I need to go. Or like Ricky G, oh, They're closing all the doors to you. I'm going to send you 7,000 miles away. Because the Lord is not willing that any soul should perish. But that all would come to repentance and to the knowledge of him. And to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus. We had one sister baptized into Christ today. If you are here and you're like that jailer. And you think, man, life has been tough. Where's my hope? Your hope's in Jesus Christ. That's the only place hope is. Everything else of this life is superficial. If you have never reached that stage and you've not been baptized into Christ, the jailer did not delay. There's a song that says, Why do you wait, dear soul? There's danger and death and delay. Don't wait. Why not do it now? If you say, I have already taken that step of faith, But yet, I still feel like all of that stuff closes in on me. You know what? Me too. Me too. Every day. But what did Jesus say? Lo, I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And when you fall, all you got to do is say, ask for forgiveness. And I am faithful and I am just to forgive you of every sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And we will stumble through this life together in Christ. But let today be the day. Whatever situation you're in. Let today be the day that the light shines back in your life. As we sing this song of encouragement. What I need is you, Jesus all that I need is you. From early in the morning to late at night, all that I need is you. My only hope is you, Jesus. My only hope is you. From early in the morning to late at night, my only hope is you. My only joy is you, Jesus. My only hope is you. From early in the morning to late at night, my only hope is you. My only peace is you, 
Jesus, my only peace is you. From early in the morning to late at night, my only peace is you. What I need is you, Jesus. All that I need. 